Hello, guys. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Reaction Time. Um, as usual, my name is Jacqueline Cordova, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. And this is brought to you by our friends at Fairway. Um, as usual, Ben and I are just here to talk wrestling. Don't mind me laughing as I try to kick us off. Um, but Iowa State took on California Baptist this past weekend um, on Saturday night. They beat them 39 to nine. So it was a very eventful duel for us to cover as we were both in attendance. Um, there are definitely highs and lows. So Ben, I'll let you, I'll let you pick so we can get right into it. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to start with the highs. Um, I so on, on Twitter before the duel, I had my prediction of Iowa state beating Cal Baptist 39 to zero. So I got Iowa State score right, but somehow, and I'm not totally quite sure how, we'll talk about this later, Cal Baptist ended up getting nine points. Uh, that was surprising, uh, definitely unexpected. But the 39 was a pleasure to watch for Iowa State because that means they got more bonus points than I expected, and the bonus points, some of them came from guys I didn't expect to get bonus points necessarily. So um, one of the guys, I mean, Jason Kreiser at 165, he pinned his opponent in uh, three minutes, 33 seconds. So beginning of the second period. And he had that guy all twisted up at one point. He had him in a splatel. Uh, you could hear that kid kind of yelling, not really yelling, but it, you could hear him in pain a little bit just because he's in such an awkward position. And Jack, you talked with Kreiser this week, right? Um, what did he say about that position? He, you know, Jason Kreiser, we, I, at least I hadn't spoken to him yet, but when he was asked by Cody from the register about that move, he asked him like, have you ever been able to hit it? And he said, not successfully. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, this was his first time finally doing that. And I got some great photos of that. I, I have it up on my Twitter now if you guys want to go see it. It was very interesting to be sitting front row to it. But we mostly just asked Kreiser, like, you know, what were you feeling? Like, what was that experience like? It's the first duel of the season. So obviously, you know, getting a feel for him. And he truly was just like, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to entertain. He really just said, I wanted to throw it out there. Like, there was nothing to lose in this moment so why not just try it all which i think is what like i said when we recorded last week that's what was going to make this this duel fun was that it was a team they could beat on paper so truly it was going to be an entertaining match because these guys were going to go into these matches being able to do things maybe they can't do against um more difficult opponents no offense to california baptist and i think jason kreiser got that when i mean I wasn't expecting a pin and I don't think Hilton was either because they erupted. And that's something I did ask him, like, what was that? What was that f experience like for him to feel Hilton in his corner? You know, everyone's screaming. And he said it, honestly, all it's done for him is fuel him to want to replicate that. And it always comes back to what Dresser says is that wrestlers at the end of the day are just entertainers. And it just depends how guys are going to do that. And I think Jason Kreiser really wants to have that David Carr effect. I feel like that's a good um, way to put it is David's just a very exciting, very like smiley guy. So you're always having a good time watching him. So that's kind of what I got out of our interview with him um, at availability, which was very um, refreshing. I would say with absolutely. I love the confidence 
that he has to attempt a splatle, which he had never successfully done before in a division one wrestling match. Like, all right, well, here we go. We're, and you can see he was in position when I was watching the match. It's like, Oh my gosh, he has a splatle here if he wants it. And he flipped himself forward over. He had the guy all twisted up. It's like, Oh my gosh, he's got him in a splatle. He didn't pin him in the splatle. Uh, if I remember correctly, he got a, a cradle locked up and that's how he pinned him. If I remember correctly, I know David Carr got a cradle. I think Kreiser did too. Um, so yeah, that was a super fun match. And I love hearing that he wants to make it exciting because well, it was 165 last year, 157 this year. Uh hasn't always been the most exciting guys. Like Isaac Judge will go out there and win you a match and he'll wrestle well, but he's a more conservative type of wrestler. He's gonna try to make the match his speed, and that's what he's gonna do. I like hearing that Kreiser's gonna try to make it exciting. Um, we'll see if he can follow through with that in the weeks to come. We'll see what happens at that weight at 157. Is it going to be Kreiser moving forward? Is it going to be Isaac Judge moving forward? That's going to be a wait to watch for this whole year, I think. Um, but if Kreiser's that entertaining, I'll take that. I'll take that a lot. I, that was a lot of fun <laughs> to watch. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, David Carr at 165, he followed that up with a a pin. And like I said, that was locked up in a cradle. That was David Carr was David Carr in that match. He got takedowns early and often and early in the second period, he got the guy in the cradle. It's like, all right, well, we're going to end this match right now. And that's exactly what he did. He pinned the guy quick ref slapped the mat within seconds. And it's like, all right, good there. Um, and then Roderson Coleman, they both had fine matches. I would say 10 to two, 10 to four. And then younger Bastida who longtime listeners of this podcast will know Jackie and I could not be bigger fans of younger Bastida. He is so much fun to watch wrestle because 197 is a weight. It's obviously right before heavyweight, but it's a weight where sometimes you get guys hand fighting and that's all that kind of happens for seven minutes. Like one guy will shoot for a takedown and the match might end three to two, five, two. It's not quite heavyweight, but there are times where it's uh, a little bit slow Younger Bastida makes sure the match is never slow. In the first three seconds of this match against, um, let me get this guy's name, Elijah Sobas, he got an underhook right away, went into a body lock, and put the guy to the mat. And that's what it was for six minutes. Younger Bastida <laughs> got a tech fall 22-7, to seven, outscoring the Iowa State football team. And it was so much fun to watch because there was a time where the Cal Baptist coach said, don't let him get an underhook. And within seconds, Bastida got an underhook and took the guy down. And another time Cal Baptist coach, keep your elbows in to try to prevent an underhook. The guy, you could see him physically keep his elbows in. And then younger Bastida just shot straight through him with a double leg. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, you can try to keep your elbows in to prevent the underhook. Bastida is obviously very comfortable going upper body. But when you have an, a guy as explosive as younger Bastida, you can try to do things technically correct, but he's probably more technically sound than you to begin with because he grew up wrestling in Cuba. And B, he's more explosive in an athlete than probably anyone at 197. I think I've said this to a few people, and I might have told you this, Jackie. If younger Bastida was born in America, I would hope that he wrestled because he is an incredible athlete but I would guess that a football coach would have got a hold of him at some point and made him a linebacker because that guy is an insane athlete. I love that we have him in wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but I think where he was born has a lot to do with what sport he participates in. 
which definitely makes us lucky because we get to watch them. Because, yeah, like you said, three seconds in, I told myself, I want to get different angles of him. I want to try and get <laughs> like good photos that are unique. And I don't even have time to because I look, I truly like, I, I don't know. I think I leaned down and I saw the opponent's legs fly up in the air from <laughs> younger, not only taking them down, but just physically throwing him up in the air and slamming him down. He is just, he's incredible. And in the presser, you know, I, I think I just asked him like, you know, it's the first of the season. Like, how are you feeling? How'd you feel out there? And, you know, I just, I love him. His English continues to improve. And he was just like, I love it here. This is my home. The fans love me and I love them. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, you know what? You're right. You're right. The, there's truly nothing more to add to that because yeah, he, I think I could watch him wrestle back to back. I, again, NC, oh. big 12s, NCAAs. It's just like, that's, that's where it's fun to just sit and watch him all day. 100%. And I'd even take that maybe a step farther and say, I'd just love to watch him practice because we hear stories of from whether it's Ben Durbin or Kevin Dresser, one of the assistant coaches, you hear stories of younger Bastide is the meanest guy in the room. Like outside of the room, yeah, he's a nice enough guy. But inside of the room, he is mean. And I would love to watch him do what he does for an hour or however long practice is that day. Just because we see what he does for seven minutes or less in this case, less than seven minutes. He got he, he won in six minutes, mercy rule. I'd love to see what he does for an hour. Because, I mean, I think when he was a freshman, a true freshman, we were talking with Gannon Gremmel, former Iowa State heavyweight, and he said, and this was before NCAA championships, he was saying he was training with younger Bastida to try to get the athletic feel that he was going to get from guys like Greg Kirkfleet at um, Penn State or Gable Stevenson at Minnesota at that time. And it's just like, and that's when you kind of knew that younger Bastida is a different kind of animal. If he's like, if he's that kind of good, then yeah, you get it. And he's growing into that. Um, his folk style wrestling continues to get better. You could tell that he was trying to ride um, Sobas a little bit. He was trying to get some tilts here and there. And he did get some tilts. The ref didn't give him a two count. Um, I think that was probably a fine call by the ref's part. He it was kind of rolling over more often than not. But I like seeing younger Bastida get into more folk style mindset, get some of that mat control going. Um, so, yeah, that was a really fun match. And then at heavyweight, Sam Schuyler. Um, he pinned his opponent, Chris Island in four minutes, 18 seconds. And that was a fun match too, because Chris Island is a smaller heavyweight. I think he would have done, I think if we're being honest, he should probably wrestle at 197, cut a few pounds. And I mean, because he's athletic and he's a, he was a pretty active heavyweight, but you could tell he's too small and Sam Schuyler isn't a big heavyweight and he looked too small wrestling against Sam Schuyler. So, um, I like seeing that from Schuyler. And then I think we got to talk about the freshmen again. Panero Johnson and Casey Sverderski were, again, a lot of fun. Panero started this duel at 149, started off with the right foot, 12 to 2. And this was, I wasn't able to watch the first uh, three, yeah, first three duel meets uh, down in Florida. But from what I saw from the highlights that Iowa State Wrestling was able to tweet out, a lot of Panero's offense comes from counter offense. And you saw that again in this match where, if you shoot on him, it better be a good shot because otherwise he's reattacking and he's probably get. He, you can tell he's an explosive athlete. He's built of muscle. That kid is muscular. 
And when he gets a hold of you, he's not letting go anytime soon. So I like seeing that from Panero. And then Casey Swiderski, kind of similar to younger Bastida, he's going to go and go and go and go. And he won 28 to 13 of all scores. That That is a football score. 28-13 is a score you expect to see uh, on a football field. So Casey Swiderski <laughs> is a lot of fun to watch. He got takedowns a lot of different ways. He had a couple ankle picks that I, I love to see. I love to see ankle picks. I think that's an awesome attack. Um, but yeah, those, those matches were fun, fun, fun to watch. Which, I mean, coach Stresser, a man of the people, right? Entertainer. If he wants to talk about his wrestlers being entertain entertainers. So it's he, which is why he gave us a duel that started with Pinero Johnson and ended with Casey Swiderski. And, um, I'll, I'll repeat what coach said on Saturday after when asked about that, he basically said, well, verbatim, this is what he said. (laughs) He said, I wanted to send a statement out there. So I picked 149 tonight. I wanted to put Panero out there first because I wanted to show everybody all the good things he's been doing in training. He has been doing all the little things right for him to step out and be the first guy off the scale, like a 125 pounder. I thought he did a great job. And when I asked Panero today, or I guess if you're listening to this, I asked him on Wednesday afternoon, um, I asked him what that was like for him. And I mean, he's very much just like, I, I enjoy that. Like that's, it's a great, you know, honor to have that opportunity to be in that position. But I mean, when it comes down to him, he's all business. He's ready to um, show the people what they want to see. And when asked the same thing, asked him Saturday night after the duel, what his experience first time in Hilton was like, and his his response was, I was just trying to keep scoring points to show everyone what they're going to be seeing for a long time. So like, you're literally a true freshman and the confidence between both of them is very, very impressive um, because Casey Swiderski did the same thing. When asked, you know, you're closing out the duel, the pressure, not so much pressure as we've seen fall like on Sam Schuyler, but just be the last guy to compete um out on the mat he was very much like that's the type of pressure i thrive under and i mean from past freshmen that we've covered which very rare when we get true freshmen just burning that red shirt um i think their confidence is nothing like i've at least i've covered in my position (laughs) yeah no i agree the only the only true freshman that i can remember getting the red shirt burned recently has been Kyson Terrakin and Zach Redding, who we'll get to in a little bit. And, but that was during the COVID year, so they can get that year back. Right. But other than that, because David Carr redshirted, I don't remember off the top of my head another person wrestling as a true freshman attached. Obviously, guys have wrestled, wrestled unattached and done various tournaments like that. But, yeah, so seeing these two guys as true freshmen, and Dresser said last week, that they're the guys, unless they're hurt, unless they get injured, their red shirts burned, consider it burned. They are our best guys at those weights. And I believe that they are both great wrestlers right now. And I think they'll continue to get better again. Cal Baptist, not phenomenal competition, but they are technically a big 12 school kind of, and they're division one wrestlers and division wrestlers are high, high level athletes. So to do what they did against Division One wrestlers against Cal Baptist was great to see, and they proved it obviously on a higher level against Wisconsin. But to see them continue to carry that level, that high level, that high expectation forward into this type of meet was great to see. 
Um, so we went over the positives of the Iowa State Cal Baptist dual meet. Unfortunately, there were two for sure negatives. Um, Kyson Terakina lost to Elijah Griffin four to two at one twenty five, and shout out to Elijah Griffin. He won Big Twelve Wrestler of the Week. Um, he beat uh, Spencer Lee's backup in Iowa at Iowa the next day. He beat Iowa's backup one twenty five pounder. So he had a good week. Shout out to him. And then Zach Redding lost by pin to Hunter Leak. And that one, both were confusing. Let's be very <laughs> truthful about this. Yes. But the Zach Redding one was head scratching because you watched that, you watched the match and you could tell he did not look right. He, he was fatigued from the first time the ref blew the whistle after they shook hands at the beginning of the match. And I remember very vividly a time, I think it was during the first period where Zach Redding went for a snap down and he literally whiffed and he just ended up on all fours on the mat. And it's like, you don't see guys whiff on a snap down very often because you're not, it's not an attack. You're not doing a leg attack. You're not doing an upper body attack. You're just trying to get a hold of a guy, snap his head down. <laughs> and he literally missed and ended up on all fours. I'm like, Oh, he's definitely not right right now. So um, yeah, both those losses were disappointing. Um, yeah. What'd you see? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think the thing, I think, wow, that was a lot of things there. The thing with the two losses is they both hurt and were surprising, but they were disappointing in different ways. So with Zach Redding and coach kind of a, confirmed this in the presser um, when he gave his statement, Zach Redding is technically, you know, he's dropping a weight. And so clearly we're seeing the effects of that. And I think when you, or maybe not doing the best management with dropping your weight and staying consistent so you can feel full, you know, full strength, feel healthy, feel ready, like physically to go into your match. Um, I think that's what we're seeing with Zach Redding. I think he might just be struggling with that change to drop down to be able to have a starting spot. And so hopefully, you know, as time goes on, he can get better at that. If that's what he's going to do is stay out 133 pounds. Um, I think my biggest disappointment is with Kyson Tarakina, who unfortunately this isn't the first time dresser has, has called him out about not living in those small details. And when he says small details, he's talking about, you know, you're eating right. You're sleeping right. You're basically everything these guys are supposed to be doing when they're not in the practice room where they're being, you know, coached by all three coaches or four, I should say coach Fernando's in there too. So um, I think it's frustrating for a guy like Kaisen Tarakina, who a hundred percent deserves to have high expectations on his shoulders. I mean, he's a ranked opponent. He's, you know, he, as time goes on, we should be expecting bigger things from him and for coach to lump him into that statement where he's like, guys just aren't doing the right thing. I think is very frustrating and I'll give props to dresser as we always do. This is what makes me love covering dresser over anything, any other coaches. <laughs> he is just not, he doesn't bite his tongue. He doesn't BS you. It doesn't matter who he's talking to. And it doesn't matter if it's the media and he straight up said, <laughs> um, you can tell them over and over again, but until they feel it, see it and get embarrassed in front of a bunch of people, maybe then they'll go back to the drawing board and do things the way they're supposed to. If you don't, then you won't be the guy. Oof. So as we've seen in the past, stressors just not, not going to sugarcoat it, not going to sit there and 
hold anyone's hand if there truly was just mistakes made by individuals on their own time. And I think that's what we're seeing with Kyson and Kyson Tarakina and Zach Redding. And I, I would hope that these guys, like coach said, it's, it had to have sucked to get pinned when you're already feeling crappy. Mm-hmm. And for Tarakina to watch his opponent become big 12 wrestler of the week because he beat him. That has to be a tough pill to swallow. So hopefully <laughs> they can turn it around and um, start following in those details because I mean, I can give the benefit of the doubt to Zach Redding, who's, you know, getting adjusted to a whole new weight and, I mean, after being out for so long, this is truly his first time being out and live and in the starting lineup. And I mean, it's the first duel of the season, but like for Kaisen Tarakina, this isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> yeah. And I but, think that's also the the beautiful part about sports is they're going to have another chance to get back out there. This upcoming weekend, there'll be another dual meet and they'll have another chance to make weight and do things right. And Luckily for them, the results now don't matter that much. The results in March matter a lot. So if they get things figured out, and that's, you touched on this, Zach Redding, I think that's where, if he can get down, if his body can adjust to this weight, I think that's where he'll shine is March because he'll be comfortable at that weight now. He'll understand what he needs to do to get down to the weight. His body will shrink a little bit and get used to the weight. So that's going to be one to watch moving forward for sure. Um, but that's also the awesome part about sports. Like I said, they're going to have another opportunity to do it again. You got to dust yourself off. You got to get back out there. And I know dresser said that if you're not going to do things the right way, someone else might step in and take a spot. And for Zach Redding, that might be true. Um, Ramazan Adesayev is going to right now. He's out with a minor injury from what I understand he'll come back at some point and there you might have a wrestle off between Zach Redding and Ramazan and Ramazan is a more natural 133 pounder. So we'll see how that one shakes out. But for 125, it's probably Kyson Tarakina's spot, no matter what. So that is one where if you're a dresser, you have to make sure the message gets through to him that, Hey buddy, we need you at your best every mm-hmm. single week. Like, and I, I even just said it just now myself, those routes don't matter that much right now. But when Big 12 seedings come around, what if it's him and um, Elijah Griffin from Cal State Bakersfield, the guy who beat him, vying for a number three seed or a number four seed, and that determines the seeding there? What if they get to the NCAA championships and instead of Kyson Tarakina being on the on the two seed side of the bracket, he's on the one seed side of the bracket because he lost to Elijah Griffin. So it's one of those things where you want to see that consistency from your top guys. And right now, Kyson Tarakina, whether he likes it or not, has made himself a top guy. He had a great first weekend against Wisconsin and Campbell and Little Rock. He needs to keep following that up to build that consistency. So in when he gets the Big 12 championships, he can be a number one or two seed. When he gets the NCAA championships, he can be a, a top 10 seed. Because I think we both see, and the coaches think this too, that potential in him. I remember um, St. John saying last year, two years ago, Kyson Tarakina doesn't know how good he is. His level of wrestling is great. If he lives a correct lifestyle, he's going to be a phenomenal wrestler. So I think that's what the coaches want to see from him. I think that's probably where some of Kevin Dresser's frustrations coming from. He is a great wrestler. They just need to get it out of him every single week. And if they get, if he, if 
Kyson Terrakini can do that. If the coaches can get that out of him, I think we're going to see some really special things out of him. But obviously, we didn't this last weekend. Which Kyson has shown it in the past. I mean, last season, what was it? He was like undefeated for. Yeah, I think he went 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 in the beginning part of the season. Yeah, like it was incredible. And I, I love watching Kyson Terrakina. I'm a huge fan of 125 pounders, and he's been my favorite one at Iowa State thus far. And he's just such a fun offensive wrestler. Like it just, he's, I think that's why I like the smaller weights because they're just so much scrappier sometimes. And he does it and he does it well. But like you said, sometimes it just takes a quick kick in the butt and it's super early. It's quite literally the first duel of the season against California Baptist. So harder opponents are coming and Terry Kina has shown he can hang with harder opponents. It just, it was just a crap weekend for him. So. Yeah, and those happen. They happen, but as long as, like I said, as long as he learns from this, as long as Dresser uh, instills <laughs> discipline into him, uh, <laughs> it should be good going forward. Which Dresser said in availability, um, you can only preach so much to these guys and you can tell them so many times before you just have to let them figure it out. And I feel like with Terakina at this point, you know, you've been here, you've been the starter, you've gotten the feel of it. You've gone through March. Um, I would hope from what we've learned that Terakina will turn it around and is a guy capable of figuring it out on his own, you know, not necessarily having to be lectured constantly, or at least that's what we hope. <laughs> That's what we hope. That's the hope. But um, Iowa State continues on this Sunday. They are headed back to Humboldt. I asked Dresser if this is truly something he hopes to continue, and he said, yep, every single every single season. He hopes to make a trip to Humboldt, his hometown, um, and pack that gym as much as they physically can. I think as the ticket allotment was, they had 50 left. Um, and I'd have to go back to double check how many they had in attendance last year. Um, unfortunately I was sick last year, so I wasn't able to go to that duel, but, um, should be exciting. Um, I think it's just an exciting thing for dresser to be able to go back home. I mean, imagine being able to take your team to compete in, in their college matches in the gym you used to wrestle in as a high schooler, but so they're going back and this time they're going up against, uh, Grandview. So, should be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, casual fans might not understand why it's exciting. Hardcore wrestling fans will be interested, I think. Grandview is dominant, to say the least, in the NAIA level of wrestling. And again, if you're a casual fan, you're like, NAIA compared to Division One. why are those compared at any respectable level? <laughs> Grandview hasn't lost since... 2013, the last time they wrestled Iowa State. They're like, well, yeah, they lost to Iowa State Division One team. You're proving my point. That match was 22 to 18. That dual meet was 22 to 18. Iowa State won. And Grandview got wins over ranked opponents, guys' names that you'll remember. At 174, Jamie Schusler beat number nine, Tanner Weatherman, six to four. Um, a guy, Luke Godel, who was second in the Big 12 that year got pinned by Grandview's Isaiah Tatum. Gabe Moreno lost five to two to the Gustavo Martinez. 
like Grandview is a real wrestling power. And especially at the NAI level, I think they won, I think it was 11, 12, 13 in a row NAI national championships. They are a legitimate wrestling. They are, they are, they, they are the wrestling power at the NAI level. And they have legitimate division one guys on their roster. They have Iowa state transfers on their roster. Aiden Reeves is one of their 125 pounders. I don't know if he's going to wrestle this weekend, but he's a former Iowa state kid. They have other former Iowa state kids, Nick Mitchell, the Grandview um, wrestler, uh, head coach is a phenomenal coach and he has done great things for that program. They, they are a really good team. Now I think Iowa state's going to win. Let's be perfectly clear. I think Iowa State's going to win probably pretty handily. But if you're a casual fan, this is a big dual meet. This should be a fun one. It might be. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it it has the potential to be more competitive than Cal Baptist. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Grandview is always great. Nick Mitchell always has a great team. And it's going to be awesome to see in Humboldt. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I have time. But if I do have time, I probably will try to get up there just because it's going to be fun to watch that dual meet. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's at 2 p.m. Um, it's on Rockfin. So it's mm. not easily accessible, unfortunately. Um, but I'm pretty excited, not only because I, I'm excited to be at Humboldt. Um, as someone who is a wrestling manager in high school, like I, I know what it feels like to be in those tiny gyms and like the energy that can come from being in a small space and, you know, watching a combat sport. I've never experienced that with, well, I guess I should correct myself. I experienced this at West gym. Mm. Won't, won't disrespect that West gym feel. Cause I know that was the whole lure of it. Um, but I'm excited to feel it in Humboldt, um, which is something that all of whenever, all of whenever asked the rest that that's their favorite thing is the way they have all of these people essentially on top of them while they're wrestling. Um, but also, like you said, I'm excited to watch Grandview and I, I do think it'll be more competitive simply because I think Grandview has clearly earned a reputation that they are good. And now they're going up against Iowa state where everyone is going to be doubting them and going to be heavily favoring Iowa state. And I feel like they're going to come in wanting to prove themselves, which is going to make them fight harder. At least I would hope so. Cause then it makes my job more exciting. <laughs> um, but as you said, I do still believe Iowa state will win, but I'm excited to see what they bring, like how they show up to compete against these guys it sounded like the lineup in terms of Iowa state should not change much from what we saw. Um, some guys are going to be headed to this South Dakota open. I think. Yeah. Um, probably Dactronics open. Is that what it's called? I bet that's what it is. I'd have to, I have to go pull that up, but it isn't confirmed yet. At least in the moment of us recording this podcast, who dresser sending, um, it might be public once this gets published, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see really any changes in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd expect too many changes. 157 might be the only one, whether it's Isaac judge or Jason Kreiser. Um, but just to continue to paint the picture of Grandview and how good they are. Grandview has an Olympian on their team. They have an Olympic wrestler on their team, person named Ben Provisor. And I say person, not kid. 
because he's 32 years old. <laughs> and he's older than both of us. He's older than both of us. And he couldn't, I remember when he announced his commitment to Grandview and NAIA and everyone was just like, what is happening? But he can't wrestle NCAA <laughs> because he was a professional wrestler, not the WWE kind, but an actual wrestler. And NCAA wasn't going to allow him to wrestle. NAIA, apparently their rules do allow that. But even though he's an Olympian, he's a Greco-Roman wrestler, wrestled in the 2012 Olympics. He's a 2017 Pan-American champion, 2021 Pan-American gold medalist. Um, like this guy, real deal wrestler, real, real deal Greco-Roman. He is not their starter. An Olympian is not the starter at Grandview. Their starter is a guy <laughs> named Ben Lee at 184. So I know Greco-Roman and folk style are very different styles of wrestling. I am fully aware of that. Even that said, you would expect the Olympian to probably win the spot. And maybe he will by the end of the year. Maybe he's still adjusting to folk style, kind of like younger Bastida was when he first got to Iowa State. But still, I mean, so if that doesn't paint the picture of the quality of wrestler at Grandview, I'm not sure what else I can say to make that image much clearer. They also have a powerhouse of a women's program. I will say. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they were, they were one of the first uh, programs to get a women's program too. So shout out to Grandview. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to get involved with Grandview somehow. I, I, I've always just thought like, Oh, I'd love to go take pictures or I'd love to just go be around them. But you know, life is busy, but so I'm excited that I get to just go cover it. <laughs> and as much as I'm sure Benley is very good <laughs> and it will yeah. be a great match against Marcus Coleman, I would definitely be so interested in seeing if they put in the other Ben. <laughs> I'd love to see Ben Pryor against Marcus Coleman. I think that'd be a ton of fun just to see what <laughs> Coleman can do. We think their their styles are pretty contrasting. When you got a Greco-Roman guy, they're used to upper bodies, throws, things of that nature. Marcus Coleman, I'm not saying he's not comfortable in those positions, but you're never going to be as comfortable in those positions as an Olympic-level wrestler. So to see Marcus try to navigate that, shoot for legs, do leg attacks, things like that, I would love to see that matchup. If Nick Mitchell listens to this podcast, I know he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> I used to interview him all the time back when I was an intern for track wrestling. So Nick Mitchell, if you're listening, bring Ben bring bring Ben Provisor, and let's have a little bit of fun at this dual meet with Marcus Coleman. But if you want to bring Ben Lee too, that's fine. I, I will live with that. Like if you can confirm before Sunday, <laughs> Ben <laughs> might make the drive. <laughs> I I would for that. I would make the drive to see Ben Provisor against Marcus Coleman. That would be fun. Well, it's just like one of those like, you know, ageist things where we loved giving Willie Mickless so much crap for being <laughs> so old. And he wasn't even old. I think he was how old He's was he? Younger Willie than I year? am. He was like he was twenty-five that year, which is old for a okay. college kid. But still, that's not that old. I'm twenty-nine right now. And even then, I when Willie was a senior, I was older than him already. And we still talked about him like he was an old man. So was we he really that all old? The time. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but ben Provisor is that old. He's 32 years old. <laughs> He's 32 and on the roster. Put him in. Yeah. Put him in. <laughs> Let him go. People listening. People listening to this are going to be like you guys. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's all right. They can, they can judge us. Well, as dresser said in availability, 
he said more people will be sleeping on Grandview than they should be. So, I mean, if Dresser's saying it, then I think it's going to be, I think he agrees it's going to be a scrappy, scrappy day in the Humboldt gym, which speaking of what Dresser said, I did want to bring this up. Dresser made a comment because, you know, he's also very funny on occasion. <laughs> he said that he doesn't, he hopes that if the fire marshals and fire departments listening to please not show up on Sunday, <laughs> because he was talking about how last year he's like, I don't even know how they made everyone fit in that gym. So it sounds like we might have a fire hazard on our hands, but that's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it's maybe everyone can sign a waiver as they walk in. They assume no risk. Hey, it's a, it's in the name of wrestling. How often do you get D one program wrestling in your high school gym? Exactly. Let them have fun. So, yeah, I'm just fun. I'm showing up. I'm just showing up on Sunday. I'm excited. I'll be Matt's side as usual. <laughs> so m- maybe Ben will be there. We don't know yet. <laughs> I'll have to text. I'll have to text Nick Mitchell tonight. See what see what he's planning on. <laughs> um. Also, a side note, since the next time we'll record this, well, next week, is is it Thanksgiving already? Next week is Thanksgiving already. Yeah. I had a conversation with my parents last night about when I'm I'm planning on going up there. I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's Thanksgiving. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're right. So (laughs) yeah, Humboldt's on the way, if I'm being honest. So I could drive up there Sunday, not go to work at all, Monday through Thursday, and then go straight up to home. Not not worry about work for the whole first part of the week. That's an option. That is. I <laughs> that's basically what I did this week. I took the entire week off my corporate job. All I've go. done work wise is psychofanatic stuff. And wrestling season doesn't always feel like work, to be honest. No, wrestling's fun. No, it it is. It's definitely fun. Um but what I was going to say is um, David Carr and Kyson Tarakina officially will be both competing in the NWCA All-Star Classic. Um, I think this used to be a thing. Oh, gosh, I don't even know how many years ago, but they brought it back this year. Um, so that'll be a fun thing. I It's on Flow Wrestling, unfortunately. So if you don't have a Flow Wrestling account, you won't be able to see that either. <laughs> but this will be a really exciting thing. And I bring it up because it... Carr and Tarakino will both have really good opponents. Um, uh, Tarakina gets number four from Minnesota. Um, is it Tyler McKee? It's McKee for sure. I don't remember his okay. first name though. Tyler doesn't sound right. Um, Patrick McKee, or that might be his older brother. Oh my brother. gosh, you might. Um, we're so bad. We're so bad when we get this. No, it is Patrick McKee. I was right. Ah. Okay. You got me. Number four for Minnesota. Yes. So, and then David also gets a good opponent. Monday, which who does? Yep. Quincy Monday for Princeton. Princeton. And he is ranked number, is it number Number, one at 157? Number one at 157. Quincy Monday is going to bump up to 165 to wrestle Carr. And for the wrestling, I don't want to say history buffs because some of our listeners may be old enough to uh, have lived these matches, but um, (laughs) Monday's dad and uh, Quincy Monday's dad and David Carr's dad had an incredible rivalry from what I understand back in the day. 
um, Monday versus Carr was always um, the elder Monday went to Oklahoma State, I believe. So it was always Monday Carr in the Big 12 championships, and it was always Monday Carr at the NCAA championships. And if memory serves me correct, I know for a fact Nate Carr is a three-time NCAA champion. And I think he's only a two-time Big 12 championship because Monday got the better of him in Big 12s, but Nate would get the better of him at the NCAA championships. So their dads have a long-time rivalry. The sons, we were hoping we're going to have a great rivalry. There are different weights right now, but this matchup at the NWCA All-Star Classic will be fun just for nostalgia purposes and also because both are incredibly high-level wrestlers at their respective weights. Um, and it was, I was a match I was hoping we would get the NCAA Championships last year because both I guys were at 157 last year. Oh, um, we were both so excited. Happen, but, yeah. Which Quincy Monday competed in um, the stalemates. Um, oh, gosh. If Zach is listening to this, please don't yell at me because I'm blanking on what he calls his wrestling tournaments. But Quincy Monday was there and it was very exciting for me to meet him because it's, I mean, what other opportunities would I have to be around Quincy Monday and watch him up front, up close. And thankfully shout out to Zach Bogle and the stalemates team. I got to do that this summer. And so I, I think I, I will be watching this. I, Definitely think that for Kaisen Tarakina getting the number four guy um, from Minnesota will be a really great opportunity for him, especially as we just talked about the whole, you know, having a little hiccup there at the start. Um, and same with David Card. A chance to watch David Card is always a great chance. And I think against Quincy Monday in this type of environment, this is just where David Carr thrives because he just gets to have fun. And he's a natural entertainer and he loves to make the crowd happy. So I think it'll be a fun match, especially if, like you said, Quincy Monday jumped a weight to be part of it. So it'll be a fun I time. I want to correct myself. Nate Carr won two big eight championships. Oh. If that tells you how far, how long ago that was. So apologies, was not big say. 12, big eight championships. <laughs> so, yeah. Which, yeah, this NWCA All-Star Classic has some great names involved. It so. does. There's a lot of heavy hitters. I was looking at that roster earlier. It looks like that should be a really fun event. Keegan O'Toole is there. Aaron Brooks from Penn state is there. Um, those are just Rocky Elam from Missouri's there. <laughs> Good old Rocky. <laughs> the Rocky bane younger Bastida is always fun. I was going to say the bane of match. younger Bastida's existence yeah. right now. <laughs> so, but yeah, lots of wrestling happening, um, and I look forward to Sunday. Maybe if Ben joins, he'll join this small gym. I don't know how small this gym is, but they're making it sound really small. It's um, a high school gym, so it's not big. <laughs> um, any last thoughts, comments, Ben, as we stop ourselves hmm. from rambling for too long? No, I think I covered everything that I wanted to talk about. I think I did as well. Look at us. Nice. Good for us. We're doing so well. <laughs> Cutting <laughs> down on that a reasonable time. We're doing all the things that we were told to do. We're look at us. You know, I just, when you put Ben and I together, we'll, we'll ramble if you let us. Now, what people so. don't know is we talked for over an hour before we hit record. So we got some of our ramblings out of the way there, but 
Yeah. Yeah. We need that. Otherwise I think if we hit record, we'd be recording three hour episodes and Chris Williams would be emailing us or calling us. You might call at that point. Yeah. <laughs> to tell us to cut it out. But no, this is great. As always, man, thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you to, again, our sponsors, Fairway. Um, we appreciate the support and yeah, we'll be, we'll be back to recap all the action. And if you're going to humble, say hi. And as always follow us on Twitter. I will be live tweeting, um, the matches off of the cycle fanatic account. I believe potentially that might change. There's basketball on Sunday too. We got all sorts of sports this weekend. So it's going to be a crazy, crazy weekend for the Twitter feed, but nonetheless, you'll see double header, I think. Yeah, both men and women. So might be live tuning off my account. Either or, you're going to get coverage because I'll be there. And I'll have photos as always, which I finally got those up today. So if you want to go look at the photos from this weekend, they're up. And yeah, so fun. Thanks for joining us.